Here's here's what's frustrating. What did I just say? L- let me tell you what's frustrating. Ye furl air de pa dvitter. Here's what's frustrating. What did I just say? Let me say what's frustrating. Yeah. We just did a mic check. Yeah. And we got we got our yayas out. We had some jokes. We had some laughs. Yeah. I checked the mics. I turned on the sun ray for you. Yeah. I hit record on the podcast so that we could start. I turn to look at you Huig to begin talking, and you are already speaking in Norwegian from your Norwegian phrase book. Jeg føler dig på Twitter. What am I saying? Um, you you're interested in cats on Twitter. I'll follow you on Twitter. Okay, it's a key. It's an essential. That's an essential in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's troubling. Jeg er fra USA. Stu R. Britannia. Uh, apologies to our Norwegian listeners. That and means I am from the U.S. Apologies to anyone that Tanner is going to be encountering in Oslo I'm next there week. technically right now. Oh, right. This week. Baby Nation in Oslo? Hit Nor- me up. Norwegian babies? I'm in Oslo with my wife. We're hey, on Tanner vacation. Up. Yeah. I mean, it. I'm not really there. I'm in New York right now, but we're going... To be there when, when this, this is, is released, released, I'll be there. Good. Tanner, hey, you know what's a... Okay, here's what I'll say first. You flipping through a Berlitz uh, Norway phrase book is a slight improvement as far as I'm concerned on you looking through your fucking phone at Twitter or whatever while I'm talking, but it's not a full improvement. A full improvement is full engagement. Here's one. Okay. I just don't think it's good De audio content. Your okay. wunt har. I think here's what it means. It hurts here. It hurts here. That's a pickup line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and then you put your hand on your heart. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I'm gonna try that. Oh, here's one. It hurts here. Con ye am ube bi un hair. Okay, here's the thing. You know what that means? Can I grab your hair? Can I breastfeed my baby here? (laughs) And that's a pickup line. (laughs) It's under leisure time. How do we say uh, hi hi in Norwegian? Hi hi. God, thank God. Thank God you have a Norwegian phrase book. Here's the essentials. Just say, give me hi. Hi is H E I. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. Okay, now put it away. Put it away. Put it away. Put it away. Put the book away. Hard to say. Welcome could be anything. Okay. Hi, hi. Can I intro? Hey, hey. K, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. And welcome to the. Great, there's an airplane. There's an airplane. There's really an airplane. <laughs> Apparently he's dive bombing your apartment. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> it's been a goddamn pleasure. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Nice. Yeah. A podcast in which two bags of blood and teeth discuss the classic novels of St. Anne Matthews Martin, Princess of Princeton, Stormborn. And First I'm Tanner Greenring. Yeah. <laughs> The bag of blood and teeth sitting across from me right now is, and I'm Tanner Greenring. <laughs> You're not. You can't really roll with when I when I change it up a little bit, can you? You always yell at me when I don't hit my cues. <laughs> I've, I've got my like feet on, on my marks. All right, it's a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, I, Tanner Greenring, discuss the classic novels of Anne Martin of A. Martin, yeah, of Princeton, Stormborn, first of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. Saint, also a princess. It's fine. <laughs> we we talk about all our books together. When I was a young man, age seven or eight, I uh, I moved here. Huh. I read all these books over at my cousin's house. A young lady, she was she would watch TV or otherwise occupy herself. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six. Tearful moments this week. Whoa. Really? Yeah. You, you wrote down six. I captured six, and I captured one of them as true tearful moment. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe we should get into that r- bright and early. This week we read 
what I'm going to describe as a fairly difficult book. You think that's fair to say, Tanner? Yeah, it was difficult. It was called, Thanks, Anne. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. It was called Jesse's Wish. Thanks for pitching us a softball this week, Anne. Yeah. Anne pitched us a... Hard uh, ball. It's bad. It's tough. It's difficult. It's hard to get through. It's going to be hard to get through today in this podcast. It's going to be hard for you as a listener to get through. It's going to be hard for us as host Jack Shepard and co-host Tanner Greenring. I feel like you're really putting them on their back foot, the listeners. Yeah. You're telling them that it's going to be hard for them to listen to today's episode of the show. Sometimes you get a hardball, right? But you know what they say about hardballs? It's easier to crank up, hit a home run with it. No one's ever said that. I think so. I've watched baseball. Yeah. You just crank up. Yep. (laughs) Crank up and hit it harder, baby nation. (laughs) So, look, this is not going to be easy. No. Should we describe the book for the baby nation? I would like that. Okay. Then it sounds like we're going to go straight into... Tearful moments. Tearful moments. I hope so. Yep. I've got so many. Here's how we describe the book, because... We don't like to do things in any normal way, and a normal way to do this would be for us to just describe the book. But the way we like to describe the book is I describe the book, and then you describe the book. Yeah. Should we start that process right now? Yeah. Oh, shit. I lost my, t- my big Do you think clock. it's worth doing it twice? I think so. Mm. It's worked for us in the past. Why don't we just see what you can manage to cover, and then I'll... Fill in the details? Yeah. Okay. Great. How about I add a little wrinkle to that? Okay. You can fill in the details, but you can only do it within 60 seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay. Kind of pretty wild. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to start describing this book right now. Then I'm going to put 60 seconds on a big bad clock and have you fill in the details. Maybe. We'll see what you can manage. Maybe. To... How do you say that in Norwegian? No, 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 no. I'm not interested. Are dete om raud et tricked om natten? What does that mean? Is this area safe at night? <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> and what are we going to do in this safe space, Tanner? I'm going to describe the book, then you're going to describe the book. I'm going to begin now. Are you ready, sir? Hey. That means hi. Um, Good. No, we got it. We got it. We don't open don't the book. Again. Yes, is. We don't need it. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. What if you could make one wish and change the world? What if you could make one wish and change heartbreak into hope, defeat into possibility? What if you could make one wish and send someone on an all-expenses-paid trip to Lake Buena Vista, Florida's Walt Disney World, home of the Magic Kingdom and the Epcot Center? and the premier all-inclusive entertainment destination for American families since 1971. In this heartwarming book about struggle, perseverance, and the real-life magic that comes from believing in your dreams, a young girl named Jessie Ramsey learns exactly what can happen when you close your eyes and make a wish. Jessie's wish. Wow. You, uh, you really kind of gloss over the main... I gloss over some hard truths. Yeah. You you hit the Disney World thing pretty hard. It's so did Anne. Yeah. Let's be real. Anne hit it pretty hard. There was kind of a big... I feel like there's a big thing you missed. Uh-huh. As in Super Special number one, Babysitter's yeah. on Board, uh-huh. there was a pretty big promo for Walt Disney World. It's a magical place. <laughs> you ever been? Where wishes come true. Have you been? Have no, I haven't. This? I haven't been. We should go. Okay. We'll go together. How about you fill in the details for the baby initiative. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to, huh? Yeah, I really, skipped over some hard truths. You left me the the tough part. Yep. You ready for that? 60 seconds. Are okay. you prepared? Are you emotionally and mentally prepared? I think so. 60 seconds to describe this book. Beginning now. Okay, so there's a club called the Kids Club or something like that uh, that Becca Ramsey is a part of, Jesse's little sister. Um, they're shutting down because one of the two teachers who volunteers needs to leave. Jesse volunteers to take her place. Uh, it turns out that the kids club um, is doing nice things for kids in the hospital. One of those kids is a former kids club member named Danielle, who is suffering from a, a disease called leukemia, which is a cancer of the blood. Uh, she goes into remission. She comes out of the hospital. She comes back to kids club. She's uh, going through chemotherapy. She's lost all her hair. She's very thin and sickly. Becca and Jesse 
become friends with her. Jesse reaches out to make a wish foundation. They send her to Disneyland. Um, all the girls volunteer. They take a month off of babysitting. Um, uh, uh, at the end of the book, Danielle goes back into the hospital because, uh, her leukemia has come back and time. What's your uh, favorite goof and like joke that we can do about this? Oh man. Uh, Huh. I mean, you did the description, so what's like a goofy, funny joke we can do about this? Uh... <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we could probably have a lot of fun with, um, I was going to say childhood leukemia. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, that's because that was where my mind went as well. Yeah. Like, you know. Like, I wonder if we can kind of riff off childhood <laughs> leukemia. Anne. Thanks, Anne. 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 Thanks for, thanks for throwing us a bone this week, Anne. Yeah. I cannot... Help. She's like, oh, the last few episodes have been so good, so fun and funny, light. Yeah. Christine the baby prayed. Yeah, Mallory's on strike. Mallory's on strike. Yeah, time to time to bring these boys down a notch. Yeah, exactly. I hey can... hey boys, yeah. Tanner, Jack, it's me in. Yeah, let's see you make some goofs on top of childhood leukemia. Yeah, <laughs> the literal hardest thing voted in a poll. Yeah, of millions of Americans to make funny goofs on. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Anne. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't make any goofs, but I can make about a thousand fucking tearful moments this week, Anne. And we're we're just working with the text that you give us. You, for whatever reason, were angered, obviously, by what we have said and done in the last few episodes. Right. We've done something to anger you. We've done something to upset you. I am so sorry. Did they open a new airport in your neighborhood? What's going on? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear this in the background, Baby Nation, but it is literally like fighter jets are flying above my apartment. It's just a non-starter. Like we have to scream over airplane sounds (laughs) about childhood leukemia. Yeah. Great. Great show. I told you this is going to be a hard one. We have to dive into it. It sounds like we need to start where we often end with A. Normally that's a lot more full of mirth because we've been I don't even know where to start. I've got four regular tearful moments and then one that I've labeled true tearful moment. Okay, hit me with your true tearful moment. We only get one each. Hit me with your truest tearful moment from this book. This is Baby Nation. This is a sad and difficult book. There's nothing about it to say other than that it was sad and difficult. And Anne threw us a fucking hardball this week. What made you cry this week, Tanner? Dear reader. Oh shit, it's the happy reading section. The idea for Jesse's wish came to me after I heard about the Make a Wish Foundation, an organization that grants wishes to critically ill children. I thought it sounded like a wonderful program, so I granted a wish for a young girl named Danielle. Once I got to know Danielle, I was struck by her courage in the face of her illness, and I wanted to write a story about a girl who, like Danielle, had cancer. This is why Jesse's wish is dedicated to the real Danielle. As if she had not already reduced us to an emotional wreck with what she chose to do in this novel, her quote-unquote happy reading note at the end of this book yeah is and i'm paraphrasing here because you already said it hey just in case you're taking solace in the fact that this book is fiction right this book is real yeah the danielle you just read about is a real real danielle yeah (sighs) i guess we're gonna find out this is an open question does she return as a character in in later novels do you want me to google no don't google it do you want to hear my tearful moment it was just all tearful man it was all so bad. My tearful moment in this book. At some point in the book, Jesse and Becca, her sister, are talking about their favorite. What the fuck? It's like a literal fucking, it's like a airplane convention. I know. <laughs> it's like the Blue Angels are. There's an air show in <laughs> Brooklyn on this Thursday night at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> Sorry, Baby Nation. That's just literally the thing that's happening. Jesse and Becca are talking about their favorite books. Right. And Jesse and Becca are talking about their favorite books. And Jesse tells Becca that one of her favorite books is Misty of Chincoteague. I know. That's her only, that's her main favorite book. But she says that she has a, another favorite book that is called Tom's Midnight Garden. Uh-huh. I looked it up. What's it about? Time travel. 
My tearful moment this week, Tanner, in this book full of tears and sadness, uh-huh. is the fucking plot of Tom's Midnight Garden. No, I don't want to. You, are, I'm already, I'm already low, man. Dude, are you familiar with this novel? No. I looked this shit up on Wikipedia. It blew my mind, and I think that it has resonance with this particular novel, which we can get into. Mm-hmm. Here's the plot of Tom's Midnight Garden by Philippa Pierce. There's this kid called Tom, Tom Long. He lives in an apartment okay. that his aunt and uncle rent from this elderly reclusive lady named Mrs. Bartholomew. Okay. Uh, he gets measles. I guess it's in like the 20s. Okay. He gets measles. It's a big deal. He gets quarantined. Okay. In the apartment. He's not allowed to leave. But every night he finds this way to magically go into the Victorian era when the grandfather clock in his house strikes 13 which is a number that a clock doesn't normally strike. The reason I'm saying this is you kind of seem like you lost interest. I feel like I've only got to just uh, are you are you Google are you googling Tom's Midnight Garden because you want to like see what Wikipedia says about it? No, I was while I'm talking about I it. I was marveling. I was looking over all of my tearful moments. I have so many. Yeah, and they're all about this young girl Danielle who's dying of leukemia. Yeah, as we've said, you just didn't catch a single one of those. Huh? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> just those all were just like oh whatever. My tearful moment is from a novel by Philippa Pierce called Tom's Midnight Garden that is fair fucking game because Anne mentioned it in the text. Anne, if you're listening, you tried to get us this week. You tried to break us up. You tried to break us apart with your fucking nightmare scenario. And I found something outside of the text that is fair game. Still, but still very sad. So sad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, man. So sad. Every going night, through hell, just keep on going. Every night in his house, in this book, he's quarantined because of measles. Sure. He's quarantined in this house that is owned by this reclusive mean lady called Mrs. Bartholomew. Okay. Every night in his house while he's quarantined, the grandfather clock strikes 13 and he slips Impossible. out of time. Okay. Impossible. Impossible becomes real. He slips out of time. He goes to a magical garden. Okay. In the Victorian era. In this garden, he meets a young girl named Hattie. Doesn't work in an American accent. Hattie. 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 You guys, I don't know what you do. How, do you, how would you say that in a way? Like, Hattie. 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 He meets a young girl named Hattie. Hattie. And they form a friendship. Uh-huh. A beautiful friendship. Finally, the last night of his quarantine, he goes to the garden to go see his only friend. Hattie. Hattie. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Dead. The garden is closed. Oh. The clock doesn't strike 13. It's his last day of quarantine. He goes to say goodbye. Yeah. What? What? The, he can't get in. Okay. What, what the fuck do we do? He runs out into his own garden that is no longer this Victorian garden. He starts banging on trash cans. He starts yelling and screaming. Hattie! Hattie, where are you? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Eventually, his aunt and uncle are like, dude... Like, shut the fuck up. You're waking all the neighbors up. Yeah. The next day, Mrs. Bartholomew, the old reclusive landlady, calls him <laughs> Calls him to her. Uh, were you calling room. my name last night, young man? Calls him to her room. My name is Hattie. I grew up in this garden in the Victorian era. Is that it? Did I undercut your thing? Uh, you ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're fucking, you totally ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> She's Hattie. That's her. Yeah, so he could say goodbye. And but he was time jumping? She's the girl. She heard him. She Think about it this way. She's the girl. She fucking heard him Yeah, yelling more Hattie outside. No, right. I didn't just read the Wikipedia. What Was he actually time jumping? Did she remember him from her childhood? Yes, dude. They fucking met each other in a garden. That was her only friend. And then he suddenly disappeared. And then fucking 90 years passed. And now she's... A, elderly reclusive lady and she hears a kid yelling her fucking name and oh, recognizes yeah, yeah, yeah. the voice it's like it's, captain america it's not, it's not like captain america a little bit you ruined it's my like punchline you ruined it peggy carter and captain america i didn't see it yeah you did no i did it oh i pretend i didn't see oh, wait, captain I didn't america see i think i saw it with where you. he goes and holds yeah but it's not sad like that fuck agent you. carter's hand as fine. she slips into death fine. all right fine i'm sorry that i fucking had a feeling reading this book you should be sorry because there was a thousand opportunities to have a feeling about danielle this childhood leukemia survivor 
Who right. Jesse and Becca befriend. You're going to tell me another cheerful moment? Her return was triumphant. She showed up with presents for everyone from Disney World. Each member of the kids' club, except Becca and Charlotte, got a Mickey Mouse sticker. Danielle had chosen special presents for Becca, Charlotte, Mr. Katz, and me. For Becca, a Donald Duck t-shirt. For Charlotte, a book about Disney World. For Mr. Katz, mouse ears with Mr. K written on the back. And for me, a delicate silver necklace in the shape of a star. It's a wishing star, Danielle told me. Because you helped make one of my wishes come true. I'll never forget that. Thank you, I said seriously. Danielle grinned. Thank you. You know what? That trip to Walt Disney World (laughs) was the best trip ever. It made my life. There you go. TM. Okay. So it did kind of spin off into a Disney World commercial at the end. But But a beautiful one. Yeah, beautiful one. There's so many tearful moments in this, and you're such a dumb idiot for not catching any of them. You know what else there are in this book? Cool catchphrases. Yes. Did you catch some? Yes. I caught one that they just dropped. Normally, when they give us a catchphrase, they're like, hey, guys, we came up with a new catchphrase this week. It's dibbly. It means incredibly. Right, right, right. right. Or distant. It means cool. Or fresh. It means cool. Right. This week, Jesse just dropped one. Like, it was how people talk. Yeah. It made me question my own sanity. Yeah, same. Because it's like... Is this a, is this actually a word? Because you didn't explain it. Yeah, she just said it. I was like, I was trying to remember back because I was alive in uh, 1991 when this book came out, yeah, which I, may come as I a shock too. to some of you, to some of you listeners. I was as well. Yeah, and to yourself, Tanner. Yeah, see, it was seven. I was rocking twelve. Whoa. Yeah, you were old enough to be a babysitter. Anyway, anyway, what were we saying? Chili. <laughs> Don't give away the catchphrase. The catchphrase that is dropped in this book. I guess it just means cool again, right? You want read the read the quote. So this is when she's introducing all the other babysitters. Yeah. Despite these things, Stacy has emerged as one of the coolest kids in all of SMS. She dresses in real chilly clothes. Leggings, cowboy boots, hats, short skirts, a lot of black, etc. She dresses in real chilly clothes. No explanation. Yeah. We're just moving on. Oh, I guess those clothes are pretty chilly. Here's the thing is chill means something. Like not, she's chill. Not in those days. She's chill. No, you so wouldn't have said that. So here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Was Chili the precursor to chill? So Anne just was way ahead of her time. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Were we all saying Chili back then? No. I was saying in 91, it's a little early. Yeah. But I was pretty close to saying tight. Oof. That does not suit you. Um, I was probably saying. I said tight a lot. Tubular? No, that's not cool. Bodacious? No. That was t- what were the Ninja Turtles saying? They were saying tubular and Radical. Yeah. Cowbunga. Yeah. Don't have a cow man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Probably was in there. I would say tight, which tight. is cool. So that's a hot new piece of terminology that we can add to the bank. Right. Uh, we also got a new piece of terminology that I don't know if this is a thing that people did that's cool as hell, is Danielle writes a letter Oh, yeah. End. It was so cool. And it was also one of my tearful moments. You saw the shit as well? Yeah. We're done with tearful moments, man. We got through the segment. You did, you did your saddest one. You can try to make this sad if you want. The most, the thing that fucking stood out to me, and I assume that this is the same for you, is at the end of her letter writing back being like, hey, hey, guys, thanks for all your help. I'm back in the hospital. But it won't break my spirit. But whatever. I At least, like, at least I have hope. Right. And then at the end, she writes a big ass. And then she writes, and it took me a second to see it. Next to the S, she writes, Ori, O, Loppy. Right. But the S is to is for all of the three things. Yeah. And so what it says is, sorry, so sloppy. Right. Because her handwriting is bad because she's currently undergoing chemotherapy for her childhood leukemia. Oh, and That is one of my tearful moments. <laughs> Just kind of this, like, fun, light levity. Yeah. It's like, sorry, so sloppy, guys. The scholastic lawyers were like... And, hey, we've got a new catchphrase we want you to introduce. It's sorry so sloppy with one S. And she's like, okay, I'll fine. do that. Fine, assholes. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do your damn catchphrase. Like, I already did chili. I'll do it, but I'm going to invent a character with childhood leukemia who says I- it. I'm going to do it in a way that you can never use it. It was so sad, Jack. I'm sorry I'm not a heartless monster <laughs> like you and Anne. I cannot and will not have this entire episode be your 11 tearful moments because you can't fucking handle it. Fine, let's get let's do something a little lighter. Do you have a burn of the week? 
I'm not going to do it. Do you have a bubba bubba burn of no, the week? No, I'm not going to do it if you're going to talk about it this way. I neither, because I was too busy crying. <laughs> this whole book. I'll tell you what I did have. What? A little segment that we have come to enjoy and love that happens in these novels that is called, and I don't know how to introduce it. Dragon <gasps> Jack. Dragon Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go back. I'll do we just put that in later. <laughs> we have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! I feel like you already hit your dragon, Jackie, with your Thomas's secret garden. That was leading into it, man. Anna's showing us something. There's got to be a way out, right? Thomas's Midnight Garden. Mm-hmm. That's a way out. That's a way out of this fucking nightmare. That's Time what this travel? book is about. This book is about the place where our wishes and our actions meet. Okay. Jesse's wish. Jesse makes two wishes in this book. One wish is for Danielle to go to Disneyland. Mission accomplished. The second wish is for Danielle to graduate the fifth grade. Oh, God. That is tragically alive yeah to graduate alive no, I, I took that as red <laughs> rather than like you know like an honorary dead. Gra- yeah. dead yeah. death death graduation yeah it's just that's kind of sad it's, In death. it's kind of making me feel another tearful moment yeah a little bit anyway track and jackie <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't have any relevance i want to talk to you about a hot segment that we do it's called track and jackie jackie could go to the future and find the cure for leukemia. Oh God! I and wish bring that, it back. I wish that that's what he'd done. This Why week. didn't he do that? We're gonna find out. The, the list of people responsible for this crime against humanity—it just keeps growing. It's Anne. Anne. Scholastic lawyers. Scholastic lawyers. You. Just for a fucking. I'm. Don't put me in this. No, I'm a reporter. You won't have a tearful moment. So I, you're complicit. Don't. Don't make me complicit in this. I am a reporter on this event. If I am reporting on this event in a way that is too dispassionate for you, absolutely, I'm sorry. Is. Jackie Radowski is a boy in this universe. Good. He is a time jumper. Right. He jumps through time. Okay. He's prone to accidents, which is unusual because he's otherwise a very normal young man. Yes. But he seems to always be getting into to slip-ups, mm-hmm. causing disasters, tripping over himself. Turns out that in all of these moments where he is wreaking havoc on Stony Brook, uh-huh. he's actually becoming unstuck from time, jumping to a place either in the, the past or the future, living out an entire life, and then jumping back. The only thing that we're certain about is that that life is somehow influenced by whatever it was that this poor kid was doing right. in the moment before he flipped out of time and into a new existence it's a little like quantum leap i'm just now realizing it's a lot like quantum leap (laughs) i'm just now realizing he kind of goes to a moment and he learns a lesson about that thing and then he comes back yeah and then he's a kid again yeah that's how it's not like quantum right well do we ever get to a point in quantum leap where we see sam beckett in his normal situation good job remembering scott bacula's quantum (laughs) leap name Because That's cool, right? There's no indication whether he is an adult man or a little boy. No, he's an adult man. He has a wife. Yeah. I'm not going to litigate the plot of Quantum Leap for you on this podcast. Okay. We do our own thing that's called Track and Jackie that is sanctioned by Anna Martin. Yeah. That is our read of these novels. Now we have she... to worry about the Quantum Leap lawyers coming after us. <laughs> Here's the scenario. Jesse's Kids Club. One of the things that they do, and I don't know why. Starting to uh, become unmoored from this text <laughs> here, but <laughs> I swear to God, Baby Nation, we read this book. We read this book, but at some point, and Tanner, you can corroborate this because it happens in the book. I don't know why, I don't know how, but the the kids are all making making stuff with clay. Right? It's not, it wasn't Jesse. It's not Jesse. All of the girls of the Babysitters Club each do their own volunteer service. Right. Jesse's is with Becca's Kids Club. Christy takes care of infants at a local. Oh, you know when when would have hospital. been a good time to describe this during the sixty seconds that you had to fucking. Dawn does fun. something chill and yeah. laid back. Like yeah, she makes avocado toast. Yeah, at like yeah. a local artisanal coffee she shop. She makes quinoa wraps. Right. <laughs> For hippies, Claudia teaches art. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was it was Claudia. Okay. Claudia is teaching art. She's teaching art. Claudia is teaching art, and Marianne is taking care of disabled children. Mm-hmm. Um, Stacy is calling kids with diabetes. <laughs> of course, <laughs> fucking Stacy. And telling them <laughs> about how great New York City yeah. is. 
Stacy is calling up kids with diabetes, and they're like, "Hey, uh, I, I, I'm w- nervous about taking these insulin shots." And she's like, and "I was nervous like, about taking the cue last night." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you believe how crowded it was? <laughs> yeah, I was nervous about going to my first Broadway play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. And Mallory does some dumb bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So Claudia is teaching art classes. Claudia's teaching an art class, right? And for whatever weird reason, the kids start building a jungle with clay. Right. Karen Brewer is building an elephant. Jackie Radowski is making something. Suddenly, there is an accident. There's clay all over the floor. Yeah. Blip. Jackie Radowski blips out of time. He is in the inky, black, primordial nothingness of space. Okay. And he feels a sense of calm that he has never felt before. There's just nothing out there. There's nothing out there. And he knows that this time it's different. He knows in some way that he will live a million lifetimes. But this time the cacophony of voices isn't there in his head of all the lives that he's lived. This feels like the first. Okay. He is here floating in nothingness. What is he? After this sense of calm... If there is nothing, what is he? These are questions that only Anne can answer. After this sense of calm, the next thing that he feels is an incredible loneliness. He's alone. He reaches out to the matter that is the stars around him. Okay, I thought you said he was an inky black primordial. It was inky black and now it's bright. Okay, big leap. He reaches out with his right hand and he fashions the matter of the stars into an elephant. Okay. The likes of which you and I have never seen. Okay. It is Ganesh. Okay. It is Ganesh, the elephant, the god of wisdom. Right. Or chaos, because we know that elephants represent absurdity. They represent chaos. And in the Hindu tradition, they represent wisdom. They represent the destroyer of obstacles. They represent the great god. Okay. And he pronounces it good. And then, with his left hand, he reaches out Don't do it, Jackie. to the starry matter around him. Don't do it, Jackie. And without thinking, he fashions another creature. I know what it is. Oh, God, <laughs> don't do it, Jackie. And it is a serpent. It is Nidhogg, the dreadbiter of Norse mythology. It is Naga, the demon cobra of Hindu legend. It is Lucifer, the serpent in the Garden of Eden. It is Logan, the light bringer. The snake in the grass. Blip! He's back in Claudia's art class. Hey, how come there's clay all over the floor? Exclaimed Karen Brewer. Uh, I was trying, said Jackie, to make a snake. And I was squeezing the clay and it shot out of my hands. (laughs) And here we are. Here we are, Jackie. (laughs) Jackie. So, to sum up, <laughs> Jack is saying that Jackie Rodowski is God. No, that's not what I'm and saying. And that he created everything, including the darkness and the light bringer that is Loga Bruno, master of demons. <laughs> and, weirdly, I think Jackie probably created Anne. And now we're in like a chicken and the egg situation. Hey, I'm saying what I see. How do you explain that, Jack? <laughs> Who created Anne? Who created Jackie? Did Anne create Jackie Radowski? Did Jackie Radowski create Anne? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Do you not see in the context of this book that we have a scene where Jackie Radowski, time jumper, is sitting in a classroom with Karen Brewer, master of magics, and they are creating an elephant and a snake and baby bees. By all means, go back and listen to previous episodes. Two of the most potent symbols also in the entire Sitterverse. Study Hinduism. Yeah. And and creationism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all there in the text. It's you're all, gonna have to branch out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. it's all there. It's all in the text. There's no question. Start with Babysitter's Club. Yeah, start with the Babysitter's Club. By all means, it's a great jumping in point. Yeah. You know? Then move into the creation myths of essentially every major religion. Yeah. Because those are also required readings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
if you're going to be a true Babysitter's Club scholar. The Babysitter's Club books are the, the main curriculum. Right. What about the Epic of Gilgamesh? Sure. Read that shit. Read that shit, Baby Nation. <laughs> For the love of God. I can't believe you haven't read the Epic of Gilgamesh yet. What are you even thinking? Honestly, you're on, and I can now reveal this, episode 50. 50. 50. 50. Oh, what a bummer episode to be our big five zero, huh? Great, Anne. You just like they're gonna be want to celebrate this anniversary. Like they've been at this for a year. It's episode fifty. They're gonna want to have fun with that. Childhood leukemia. <laughs> there you go, boys. Ugh. Suck on that one. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. Anne. Thank you, Anne. Well, that was my uh, track and Jackie. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it's concerning. <laughs> yeah, it's deeply worrying. It changes the game. It changes I always the game. suspected. Yeah. I always suspected that Jackie was the alpha and the omega. Yeah. It's a snake eating its own tail. He was there long before any of us. He created a snake. All of us he created calling. a snake, and it spills onto the floor, and it is a snake that is eating its own tail. It's a symbol for the timelessness that these series represent. The timelessness that Jackie in particular represents. And also a potent reminder that some of us only have a short time on this planet. You know? Some of us only live to the end of the fourth grade. And maybe we graduate into the fifth grade, but we graduate dead. Are you looking? What, what's going on, man? The jungle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That Karen and Jackie work on together. Mm-hmm. Okay, my jungle's all finished. Karen interrupted. Time to glaze it and cook it. I mean, um, fire it, Fuck. supplied Claudia. <laughs> yeah, fire it, said Karen. Okay, good. Can we talk about this? Uh-huh. We know this ends in fire. The context for that is that there is a scene where Karen sees that the jungle that she and Jackie have created has come to life. Has come to life. Right. I have the quote. Can I, can I, should please. I read it? Please. God, would you? Please, I'm saying to myself. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. Karen stopped speaking suddenly. She stared entranced at her creation. Margot glanced up. Karen? She said questioningly. Karen didn't answer, but her eyes slowly grew wide and round. She looked like an owl, or like a cat about to pounce. What's going on? Claudia asked warily. Karen spoke in a whisper. Look at the elephant. His trunk is moving. Six kids jumped up and crowded around Karen. Don't you see it? said Karen hoarsely not taking her eyes off the elephant. Claudia said it was at this point that Karen began to give her the chills. Jackie Radowski remained seated, but leaned over to peer at the elephant. Suddenly he cried, Oh, the elephant's trunk is moving, I think. The whole jungle is alive, Karen exclaimed softly. The branches of the tree are swaying. The snake is sliming. And now, yes, now the elephant is waking. He's walking toward the snake. Oh my God, it's so potent. That is a creation myth, if ever I heard one. And it's real, and it's happening, and there is this vibrancy, and there is this life. And then Claudia says, we need to shut it down. We need to burn it. We need to shut it down. And, she, and the way that she does it, she says, Karen, well, uh, your, your jungle can't be alive. It can't be alive because we need to burn it. Right. And Karen suddenly stops seeing it, and she's like, oh, yeah, let's burn it. Let's fire the clay. Right. And she takes this vibrant life in its infancy. Life that has just she begun to flower. She takes this, this beautiful world full of life, full of movement, Yeah, and she traps it in time, Jack. Oh, shit, yeah. She burns it. She burns it. She fires it, and it becomes still. Oh, shit. Stuck. Oh, like amber. This world of movement, this world of life, trapped forever in a moment. God, like babysitters. The beginning, the elephant, and the end, the serpent. Fucking hell. Wow, and you just kind of slip that in. You're like, they won't even notice. They'll be too hung up on childhood leukemia. Ugh, They'll be wasn't... too busy crying into their books. Wow. I'm going to essentially lay out an entire creation and end times mythology. And justify herself in the process. Here's the creation. We know how it can end, says Anne. This is it. We know how it can end. We know how it ends with grief. Sometimes you get childhood leukemia and you don't graduate the fifth grade, or you, if you do graduate it, you graduate it dead. Okay. 
That's what Anne says. Yeah. Do we want that? She says, no, no we don't want that. Absolutely not. I'm going to give you the creation myth, and I'm going to give you an alternative to that, she says. Right. We trap these kids in amber. We fire them in clay. They repeat the eighth grade over and over and over and over again. This is not the way, Anne. <laughs> Anne, this is where our paths diverge. Jack, yes. speaking of burns, did you have a... Burning! Good question. I don't know. Let's look. It's about the thing we were just talking about. Okay, go ahead. There is a third thing that is created during this creation myth that we have just discussed. Yeah. We have talked about the creation of the great god Kanesh, right? The elephant god, the one who stands in the way of obstacles, the creator, and we have also talked about the creation of the terrifying serpent, the right. destroyer, right? The one who creates the obstacles. We have not talked about those of us who stand in the middle, man, lowly man, uh-huh. humankind. Yeah, but Margot Pike. In Claudia's art class is creating a man. Oh, yeah. Is this your burn of the week as well? No. <laughs> Margot Pike is creating a man. Claudia comes over and she looks at the man that Margot has created out of this clay, has molded out of this clay in her art class. Claudia looks at it and she says, Uh, uh, it looks like a... And then, oh, it's a person. It's a statue of a person. Yep. Margot nodded. A whole person. Head, body, arms, legs. The boy next to Margot glanced at her work. It looks like a hamburger, he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she makes him into a hamburger person. <laughs> yeah. She just fucking rolls with it. But also She's maybe, like, yeah, he is a hamburger. Is and now possible? he has pickles and a bun. I just realized that this is Anne maybe saying to us, like, you are all just Me? blood and teeth. Yeah. <laughs> sitting inside your flesh bodies you're all just you're all just meat for the slaughter you're meat for the fucking slaughter unless i save you i'm super worried about Anne right now i don't want to talk about childhood <laughs> cancer anymore jack that's what this you keep what leading this... us away from childhood cancer and then you keep <laughs> guiding us right back to it all right fine what was your childhood cancer burn of the week it wasn't about childhood cancer at all no okay fine it was your just you know what? jesse spends Hundreds of words. Mm-hmm. This is chapter three. Chapter three is where the girls explain who all the other babysitters are and what the babysitter club is and what kit kits are. Yeah. Without fail. Chapter two and three every week is that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Chapter three, Jesse spends the entire chapter, hundreds of words. Yeah. Paragraph after paragraph talking about who all the girls are, what they do, what their responsibilities are at the Babysitter's Club, all the things that they do and that they're invaluable for at the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. Guess what Mallory and I are in charge of? Nothing. (coughs) Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's a (laughs) self-burn. Absolutely nothing. She burns herself. (laughs) (laughs) And later in this same book... She goes to Mr. Katz to introduce herself. Right. And Mr. Katz is like, oh, I've heard a lot about you from Becca and Charlotte and several other students here. You're a babysitter? Yes, I explained about the BSC. Did she then go to Mr. Katz and he was like, oh, I've heard a lot about you from Becca and Charlotte. I've heard you're a babysitter. And she was like, okay, well, it all started (laughs) when Christy realized that her mom and then just like fucking 40 fucking goddamn We have these things called kid kids. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just to- we realize that kids don't like playing with their own toys. We bring toys. And Mr. Cass is just sitting there like, I have a wife. I have Your a friend Stacy has diabetes and she's from New York. And Donna's from California and she's super laid back. And I love Misty of Chinkin. Claudia is so fashionable. She has two pierces in one ear and one pierce in the other, <laughs> other ear. Sometimes she dresses like the fucking sea. And then he's like, all right, and what do you do? And she's like, uh, nothing. <laughs> anyway, I'm your new assistant. Yeah. That's it. That's my burn of the week. Those are my eight tearful moments. Fucking hell, man. I think we got through it. Um, 
Let's see. Becca owes a Wookiee life debt to Jesse, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> That's an official thing that Wookiees do? Yeah, Wookiees. It's not. It, they do life debts. Baby Nation. Chewbacca owes a Wookiee I know life you debt know. to Han Solo for saving his life. Becca at some point says, Jesse, you saved the kids club by volunteering to work on it. Yeah. You saved my life. I now owe you a Wookiee life debt. A Wookiee life debt. She doesn't say it in those words, but that's what she means. It's not, and correct me if I'm wrong, that is not in the canonical Star Wars movies. You would have to know that by having read some of the novelizations, maybe. Yeah, who? <laughs> I don't get it. Are I'm just. I'm just are no, you no. saying that there are people out there who have not? I'm not read s- the I'm not... legends. Extended universe novels of the Star Wars universe? I'm not saying they haven't. I'm saying that I haven't. I just want to be clear that you wouldn't necessarily – imagine imagine for a second. Put yourself in the shoes of someone who hasn't read any of these Star Wars novelizations. Uh-huh. And you've only seen – let's say, hilariously, you've only seen all of the movies. Okay. And <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's a start. <laughs> yeah. Would you know what a Wookiee life debt was? I think you could probably suss it out from the movie. Yeah, okay. I think I think you get it. And you think that Anne? I also think if you're a responsible Star Wars fan, like I am, yeah. you go out and you buy the Star Wars Reader's Companion Yeah. that I have sitting on top of my toilet. You just <laughs> expressed to me earlier today how jealous you were of it. Yep, <laughs> I did. Weirdly. So anytime I go to the bathroom, I can just sit and thumb through that, and it gives me little brief synopses of all of the extended universe novelizations. Okay, good. So... I just I'm, I'm what I'm saying I guess is that there's no excuse. Yeah. Like you should know this, Baby Nation. Yeah. Chewbacca owes a Wookiee life debt to Han Solo. Becca owes a Wookiee life debt to Jesse Ramsey. Listen, if you're if you're not doing the bare fucking minimum for this podcast that we put our fucking blood, sweat, and tears into, all we ask is that you read the Babysitters Club books. Yeah. The entire history of creation myths of every religion. Right. The Old Testament, the New Testament. Yeah. Boethius. Basically, probably the in- collected works of T.S. Eliot. The Bhagavad Gita. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the fucking Star Wars Extended novelization. Star Wars universe. Uh, Novelizations and comic books. It's not hard. Oh. Fucking hell. It's all important. And you know what? Yeah. Just a light primer in the Warhammer 40K universe. Just d- dig it. Like, go to, there's probably a wiki There's a for wiki. That. Just thumb through it. Just, you know. That's all we ask it's of not you, a lot baby to nation. Ask. We put hours of work into this. We've put decades of work into this. We've put decades of work. We've into read this. all that stuff. Yeah. Just kind of collectively. Yeah. I think you've probably covered most of the Elliot and Boethius. Yeah. I've got the Star Wars stuff down. You've got it down. A final thought. Tanner. Danielle, Becca, and Charlotte at some point in this novel dress their dolls for war. Not interested. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> No, Anne. <laughs> Did you notice this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesse goes upstairs. The girls are covered in makeup. Yep. She's like, what are you guys doing? And they reveal that all their Barbies are also covered in makeup. Yep. And she's like, oh, you're for... putting makeup on your dolls? And they're like, no, we're dressing them for war. It's war paint. It's war paint. Whatever. Whatever. What does that even mean? Something is coming. Something's been coming for 40 books, Jack. Something is coming for real now. We may ne- never get past the fifth grade, you know? Something will get us past the fifth grade. We have the elephant that is wisdom that stands in the way of obstacles. We have the snake that is chaos that creates obstacles. I guess. These two things have been released into the world that is the sitter cycle. By Anne, by Jackie, who knows? They're there. Uh, Anne, you're just exhausting me. And this is our 50th episode. 50 episodes we give you. Well, in the words of Squirt, <laughs> uh-huh. Jesse's little baby brother, mm-hmm. which happened to be the first words of this very book, wing, 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 which and conveniently gives us a translation of Squirt talk in this book, which she didn't do in previous books. Yeah, she's left it up to us. Uh, so I'll give you that translation now. Swing, 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 swing. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Anne. That's how you start this novel. Swing, swing, says the baby. (laughs) I'm the baby. I'm the baby. (laughs) 
dinosaurs. There we go again. Jeez. <sighs> Dinner, let's get the fuck out of here. It's all falling apart. <laughs> Anne. Anne. I need Danielle not only to make it through the fifth grade, but to make it through the fifth grade alive. That's all I ask. That's my one wish this week. Tanner, what's your one wish? I wish for more wishes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? You know what? Let's get the fuck out of here. You and I have another podcast to record. I just remembered. Uh, just looking stuff up. Creation myths. Uh, playing a game. What is it? What is it, bud? Don't do not fucking dare tell me that you're looking at the future of Danielle because I don't. It you know what, Tanner is. It seems like Tanner has looked at the future of Danielle, and I am not going to allow him to to tell us what happens because we don't spoil shit here. Feeling a lot better. Let's let's go back and take this whole episode again. Do you want to do another take? Yeah. Did you have this week a tearful moment? Absolutely not. No, me neither. Fine. Good. Okay. Good. Everything's good. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Ann. Yep, you're the best. Please come on the show. Don't ever come on the show, Ann. Please do come on the show. You'd have to come to this weird little, like, uh, Jack's office. The we, sun ray is just, like, it. blasting. She's like, why do you have that big light on? It's so abrasive. And we're like, we brought you here. You're in our house now. <laughs> <laughs> please do come on the show, Please Ann. do. Yeah, That'd please. Great. please. Baby Nation. Baby Nation. You have a responsibility to us, too. That is to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Please do that. If it, you don't, we'll die. We'll die. I'll just say it. I'll yeah. come out and say it. We won't literally die. The show will die. <laughs> if you do not rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, yeah, there will be fewer nice ratings and reviews for me to read and to read aloud to Tanner because he is too afraid to read them himself for fear that you will have said something mean, which mm-hmm. please don't. Please don't. And also, we will sink like a stone in the iTunes rankings. Fewer and fewer people will pay attention to us. Inky abyss. And if you're listening, uh, give us a... Throw us a review. Throw us us a review. I guess. What if she already has? Oh, God. What if one of the one stars is Anne? (laughs) (laughs) Pa! Butchering my work. Yeah. Yeah, it said like... (laughs) Destroying everything I have built. 30 years ago, I created something beautiful. These (laughs) men are ruining it. Um, Hey, listen. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. This week, Baby Nation, I have been Jack Sharon. I have been Tanner Greenring. We read a book called Jesse's Wish. Next week, we're reading a book called Claudia and the Genius of Elm Street. We know who that is. You and I know who that is. We know Claudia's history. It's Freddy (laughs) Krueger. Next week, we're reading a book called Claudia and the Genius of Elm Street. I've already said who I am. I already said who I am, too. (laughs) Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Sarah's home. Ra, 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 ra. You hear? She's home. Your wife. She is home. Uh, She's talking to cats. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell my tale. Karen Brewer is building an elephant. Darling? Hi. We're in here. We're still recording. Okay.